sometimes you wonder, does Jill Biden even know where he is? Literally. Earth to Biden, come in, please. The new and improved Biden wants to be woke. In truth, he's barely awake. Attorney, Fox News legal analyst, and two-time New York Times bestselling author. This is The Brief with Greg Jarrett. Hello, everyone. I'm Greg Jarrett, and welcome to The Brief. If the polling data is correct and holds steady until Election Day, Joe Biden could well be the next president of the United States. He'll be 78 years old. Given his well-documented history of verbal stumbles, memory lapses, incoherent statements, and inexplicable gaffes, Americans are left to wonder, what's going on with Joe Biden? It's absolutely fair to ask. It's a serious, sober question. And the answer is vital for the future of our country. Voters have a right to know. In fact, they need to know before they cast their ballots for someone who constantly appears to exhibit signs of diminishing mental capacity. With Biden, it's always difficult to discern. He's never been accused of being a genius. Throughout his long career in the Senate, his frequent goofy and mindless remarks were routinely dismissed with a rolling of eyes or an uncomfortable chuckle in the words, oh, that's just Joe, he always speaks before he thinks, or he doesn't think at all. The truth is, and few people are willing to admit this, Biden has never impressed anyone with his intellect. A mediocre student, he was kicked out of law school for a time when he was caught plagiarizing. He didn't just borrow a sentence without proper attribution. No, Joe stole five pages from a published law review and then presented it as his own work. Was Biden incapable of original thought? Apparently so, because he did it again years later. He was forced to drop out of the presidential race in 1987 when he was caught plagiarizing his stump speech, ripping it off wholesale from an address by British labor leader Neil Kinnock. And it wasn't the first time. Biden also appropriated entire verbatim passages from a Robert Kennedy speech, as if no one would ever notice. Well, they did. But even worse than that, Biden blatantly lied about his academic credentials, bragging to an audience that he'd earned three degrees. In fact, he earned two. Now, that's not just a memory lapse. That is a deliberate falsehood. Biden was pretending to be smarter than he really was. He knows he's not a candidate for Mensa. The point is this. People who steal other people's work or lie about their educational credentials tend to be less than stellar intellectually. They struggle to think for themselves, so they pilfer the thoughts and ideas of others. They just make stuff up, like an extra degree. It's a measure of incompetence and perhaps cognitive deficiency. But over time, Biden's blunders have grown noticeably worse. Lately, they're more common and pronounced. He's evolved into a gaffe machine, a one-man blooper reel. The late comedian Robin Williams mocked the bungling and rambling Biden several years ago in a clip that recently resurfaced and has grown popular on Twitter because 
it resonates with all our suspicions about Biden's brain. We still have comedy, though. We still have great comedy out there. There's always rambling Joe Biden. What the f***? <laughs> Joe says that even people with Tourette's go, no. <laughs> no. What is going on? Joe is like her uncle who's got a new drug and hasn't got the dosage right. <laughs> I'm proud to work with Barack America. He's not a superhero, you idiot. Come here. When FDR was on television, there was no TV back then. Come here, Joe. <laughs> Sit down. That was Robin Williams back in 2009. And since then, Joe Biden's flubs have become so frequent, so conspicuous, that those close to him have reportedly grown deeply worried. Biden's like the guy who keeps stepping on a rake. He can't seem to get through a week or even a day without clunking himself in the head with a string of embarrassing misstatements and errant remarks and just plain blather. Whenever he opens his mouth, things seem to be going okay until he reaches some unknown apex where he haltingly loses all train of thought and begins to ramble incoherently about something that makes no sense. In formulating a sentence, Biden struggles to put a subject with a predicate. Here's Biden talking about election interference in a recent appearance on MSNBC. Are you prepared um, to fight an election in a little over 100 days uh, with Russia and China potentially involved? And what can you do about it? Well, the only thing we can do about it is be prepared. We have a whole group of lawyers who are going out to every polling, every uh, uh, voter registration physician in the states. Voter registration physician? What in the world is that? What's Biden talking about? Are you confused? Well, so is Joe Biden. In fact, his confusion is not just chronic, it's endemic. One bizarre comment after another. Here's Biden prattling on about the time he was recovering from brain surgery in a hospital. Take note of that. And strangely recounts how nurses would breathe into his nostrils. What? He really said that? Listen. And I had a nurse at... at, uh nurses at uh, Walter Reed Hospital who would bend down and whisper in my ear and go home and get me pillows. They would make sure they'd actually, probably nothing ever taught in, uh, you can't do it in the COVID time, but they'd actually breathe in my nostrils to make me move, to get, get me moving. Biden's nonsensical psycho nostril story is beyond alarming. Has he lost touch with reality? Has his mental acuity taken a nosedive? To their credit, a handful of journalists, just a few of them, have had the courage to ask Biden directly about his diminished mental state. Errol Barnett posed such a question recently. Biden became unglued and snapped back as if he, Barnett, were a junkie. But please clarify specifically, have you taken a cognitive no, test? No, I haven't taken a test. Why the hell would I take a test? Come on, man. That's like saying you, before you got in this program, if you take a test where you're taking cocaine or not, what do you think, huh? Are, are you a junkie? What do you s- Wait a minute. Did Biden think that since the journalist Barnett is black, he should be tested as a junkie? It was reminiscent of the time Biden said, if you're not for me, you ain't black. But notice that in the most recent interview, Biden adamantly insisted, no, I have not taken a cognitive test. Now, that's very interesting. 
since Biden said just a few weeks ago he had taken a cognitive test. Have you been tested for some degree of cognitive decline? I've been tested and I'm constantly tested. Confused? Well, so is Biden. Perhaps he doesn't remember whether he's taken a cognitive test. All the more reason to take one and another one and another one. Here's the important part. Listen closely to Biden as he stammers and mangles the very subject of his mental fitness, the very words. I am uh, I am very willing to let the American public judge my physical and mental fit my physical as well as my mental fitness. Suffice it to say, if you cannot manage to say the words mental fitness without stumbling, fumbling, and mumbling, it's probably a pretty good sign that you're not mentally fit. Biden's disastrous interview that day grew more calamitous when he managed to insult the entire black community by saying they're not diverse thinkers. Take a listen. Yes, and by the way, what you all know, but most people don't know, unlike the African-American community, with notable exceptions, the Latino community is an incredibly diverse community with incredibly different attitudes about different things. You go to Florida, you find a very different attitude about immigration in certain places than you do when you're in Arizona. So it's a very different, a very diverse community. Shortly after that outlandish, obnoxious statement, Biden's staff scrambled to stem the toxic fallout. They saw to it that he issued a faux apology, walking back the remark. But the damage was done. On Fox News, decorated Iraq War veteran Rob Smith, who is African-American, said that Biden thinks the black community is too stupid to have diversity of thought. He called Biden's comments both offensive and gross. Indeed, they were. By the way, did you notice that none of Biden's distressing statements were covered by MSNBC? No mention whatsoever. CNN played none of the clips. And there was only one brief reference on the network that Biden had made a disparaging remark about diversity. That was immediately dismissed. Excuses were made. It was a media blackout, a cover-up for Biden. They've been doing it since the outset of his candidacy. But the larger question is this. Is it all symptomatic of a politician whose advanced age indicates he is suffering from a serious and significant mental decline? Is the Democratic nominee mentally fit to serve the stress and strains of being president, one of the most demanding and taxing jobs in the world? He seems tired from all the rigors of sitting in his basement. Has he been tested for dementia or not? What were the results? These are legitimate inquiries that must be made. Americans are entitled to honest answers. Because the gaffes, the confusion, the disorientation, it's all accelerated over time. They're becoming more acute and worrisome. Sometimes you wonder, does Jill Biden even know where he is? Literally. During the primaries, he couldn't figure out what state he was in, mixing them up. On Super Tuesday, he introduced his wife as his sister. He twice said that Margaret Thatcher is the prime minister of Britain, She left office 30 years ago and died about seven years ago. Biden keeps repeating that he met with the Parkland shooting survivors when he was vice president. The shooting actually happened during Donald Trump's term. Is Biden living in some kind of a time warp? 
he seems to search for words that are never quite there, while butchering the most famous phrase in the Declaration of Independence, which most schoolchildren can recite, Biden called our creator, uh, you know, the thing. He claimed that half the U.S. population was shot to death since 2007. What? 150 million people murdered in 13 years? Earth to Biden, come in, please. Am I exaggerating? Well, decide for yourself as you listen to this string of Biden verbal faux pas during the campaign. The scale, the scale of the loss is staggering. I don't know whose phone that is, but the scale of the loss is staggering. It's been two months since Congress gave him that money. Introduce me. Good evening, Tampa. Thanks so much for tuning in. Look, tomorrow's Superstar Tuesday, and I want to thank you all. I tell you what, I'm rushing ahead, aren't I? We hold these truths to be self-evident. All men and women created by go. You know the you know the thing. My name is Joe Biden. I'm a Democratic candidate for the United States Senate. Look me over if you'd like to see help out. Do you agree with me? Go to Joe 30330. We choose truth over facts. Play the radio. Make sure the television, the, excuse me, make sure you have the record player on at night. The, the, the phone. Make sure the kids hear words. Poor kids are just as bright and just as talented as white kids. Donald Trump does pose an excellent strength to this. The, it's not hypothetical. Why in God's name should someone who's clipping coupons in the stock market make, in fact, pay a lower tax rate than someone who, in fact, is, uh, like I said, the, a school teacher and a firefighter? The New York Times, a consistent cheerleader for Democrats and liberals, may now be second-guessing Joe Biden's elevation as the party nominee. Its national correspondent, Jonathan Martin, recently reported that Biden's latest stumbles have unsettled party officials and left them thrilled there is no real public campaign because of the pandemic. In other words, it's a good thing to hide Joe Biden from the voters. The pandemic may have saved his presidential bid. As everyone knows, Biden has been sequestered in the basement of his Delaware home, blaming the pandemic for his isolation. Media events? Forget about it. A press conference where reporters pose challenging questions? That's out of the question. President Trump sat down for a lengthy interview with Chris Wallace on Fox News Sunday. He knew it would be adversarial. It was. But Biden? He refuses to be interviewed by Wallace. He's too busy in his basement. Now and again, Biden's aides unlock the door and trot him out to a carefully orchestrated and restricted venue where he scrupulously reads a teleprompter. Sometimes a handpicked journalist is allowed to ask a non-confrontational question, but otherwise Biden is hidden from view. He's hermetically sealed off. When his handlers deviate from that script and do permit a virtual interview, the results, as we saw last week, is an absolute train wreck. Think about what's going through the minds of his staffers as they anxiously sit there holding their breaths. They know that Joe Biden's going to hit a wall and shatter like a crystal vase. 
They're left to pick up the pieces and try to glue their candidate's campaign back together again every time he suffers the inexorable self-inflicted wound. It's guaranteed that the boss will utter some incomprehensible nonsense. You can set your watch by it. Wait for it. Here it comes. Bam. This explains the latest efforts by Democrats and liberal newspapers to urge the candidate's team to skip the usual presidential debates. They fear a cataclysmic Biden meltdown before a nationally televised audience. Bill Clinton's former press secretary, Jill Lockhart, joined several Democratic strategists in advising Biden, quote, whatever you do, don't debate Trump. Opinion columnists have called for the debates to be canceled. A former senior advisor to Hillary Clinton said Biden should back out before it's too late. Predictably, the far-left New York Times has mounted a campaign to abolish this year's debates. That newspaper's liberal columnist, Elizabeth Drew, who was a panelist during a previous presidential debate, wrote, quote, The debates have never made sense as a test for presidential leadership. Really? Think about that. That argument is misleading, and deliberately so, because leadership is only one quotient in the electoral calculation. The real value of a presidential debate is to provide a forum where the candidates can articulate their competing ideas, their policy proposals for the future of America. Debates also tend to expose the flaws in the candidates themselves. If a nominee struggles to communicate, or what he says makes no sense at all, isn't that something that voters need to know Don't they need to see that? Of course it is. It's also crucial for voters to take the measure of a candidate's mind. Presidential debates are more vital now than ever before. The pandemic has dramatically altered the ability of the candidates to hold rallies in states across the nation. The party conventions, they've been largely relegated to online affairs. As the Wall Street Journal correctly pointed out, the debates will be a rare chance to push Joe Biden on his plans for tax increases and a Green New Deal. The public deserves to see how well Biden holds up under debate pressure while hearing his answers to pointed questions about his policy proposals. If he ducks the debates, voters will have every right to conclude that his handlers are trying to protect him from doubts about his cognitive capacity. The Journal is right. If Biden continues to hide out in his basement until Election Day, Americans will have little idea about the man who may occupy the Oval Office and influence their daily lives. Is he competent? Is he mentally fit? No one but those close to him will actually know. The truth will be obscured. This invites the question, who will really be in charge if Biden is elected president? Will it be Biden? Will it be his vice president? How about his chief of staff? Will his wife, Jill Biden, act as his keeper, exercising unseen control? This is where history is instructive, and frankly, it's unsettling. In the 20th century, several presidents managed to hide their serious health issues from the public. Reagan, Kennedy, Eisenhower, Franklin Roosevelt. But Woodrow Wilson was the most extreme case, a moment in history when a secret president ran the country. 
Late in Wilson's second term in office, he collapsed into unconsciousness from a massive, debilitating stroke. His wife, Edith, was protective of her husband's reputation and power. With the help of their personal physician, the true extent of Wilson's disability was concealed from the public, from Congress, even the president's own cabinet. His wife began to secretly manage his affairs, acting as the nation's chief executive, a de facto president. Could it happen again? The pandemic has changed the equation. For months now, voters have seen little of Biden other than carefully choreographed virtual appearances, many of which have gone badly. But with a lead in the polls, is his campaign strategy now to keep him hidden as much as possible? Is this what a Biden presidency would look like? Would he be a marionette president? If so, who would be pulling the strings as the puppeteer? A solid case can be made that Joe Biden is easily manipulated. He's as malleable as the famous claymation figure Gumby. He can be stretched and contorted into any form. His flip-flops are notorious and well-documented. More to the point, he doesn't seem to remember the political positions he previously staked out and then suddenly reversed. For example, Biden was for free higher education before he opposed it, and then he flipped again. So good luck trying to figure out the latest incarnation. The Iraqi invasion? He claims he was against it. His Senate record shows he supported it. Abortion? He supported the Hyde Amendment until he was against it. During the primary, Biden said China was no competition. Weeks later, he said China is our greatest threat. Well, which is it? Joe Biden doesn't know. He can't remember. If you're confused... Imagine how confused Biden is while trying to keep his stories straight. Biden's main argument for his election to the presidency is predicated on the nearly 50 years he spent in public service. As the National Review pointed out, that's actually an argument against Biden. He is a failure without many peers, they wrote. You could make a fortune betting against Biden's policy predictions. Being on the wrong side of issues... That's Joe Biden's legacy. Defense of Marriage Act? He called that immoral. He voted to repeal Glass-Steagall. The result? The Great Recession of 2007. Good call, Joe. Killing Osama bin Laden? He advised against it. The 1990s crime bill? He was a strong advocate. Now he says, oh, gee, I, I regret that. Segregation? Don't even get me started. The list goes on and on. If I tried to recount all of Biden's infamous mistakes, I'd lose my voice. Biden regrets almost everything he's done, for good reason. But the new and improved Biden wants to be woke. In truth, he's barely awake. That's why the moniker Sleepy Joe is stuck. He's sleepwalking through this campaign. Would his presidency be the same thing? Probably. With all his faults, Biden has one thing going for him. His greatest asset is the mainstream media. They adore Joe because they hate Trump. So they cover for Biden on a daily basis. When he emerged the other day from his basement bunker to ride a bicycle, oh, the media collectively cheered, asserting it's absolute proof that he's mentally fit. Wait a minute, wait a minute. 
Working your legs is not exactly the same thing as working your brain. Yes, there may be some connection there, but the media sold it as the equivalent of a successful cognitive test. It wasn't. So back to our original question, just who would be in charge if Biden is elected president? Well, it could be Bernie Sanders. He has shrewdly leveraged his popularity in the Democratic Party to exercise dominant influence. When Sanders dropped out of the race, he endorsed Biden, and the two men then announced they were working together to advance Sanders' radical agenda. What is that, you may ask? Well, here it is in all its glory. Higher taxes. You'll get to keep less of your hard-earned money. A suffocating bureaucracy with increased regulations that will choke off economic growth. The budget-busting Green New Deal. The definition of insanity. Packing the U.S. Supreme Court by adding justices. Gutting the Second Amendment. Downsizing the military. Promoting federally funded abortion. Abolishing ICE. Erasing the border. Granting mass amnesty. Forgiving student debt, getting rid of tuition, abolishing private health insurance, and socializing medicine through Medicare for All. Expanding welfare benefits, banning all fracking, making America energy dependent once again. Gas prices, they'll go through the roof. You name it, every liberal utopian dream will turn into an American nightmare. If Biden and Sanders get their way, government will regulate and micromanage the minutiae of our lives. Free will? Toss it into the trash can. You'll be told what to do and when to do it. Capitalism will be replaced by socialism. Business activity will be strangled by regulations and a slew of socialist dictates. The economy will sink and equity markets will tank. Your savings will vanish. But Joe Biden, well, he won't really notice. He'll be, after all, the marionette president, blissfully oblivious to all the wreckage, insisting that he's in charge and still mentally fit. I am very willing to let the American public judge my physical and mental, my physical as well as my mental fitness and uh, to, uh, you know, to make a judgment about who I am. I'm Greg Jarrett, and that's The Brief. The Brief. 